In the Bible book of 1 Kings, the 13th chapter, a man of God was given a message to deliver to King Jeroboam. And he was instructed by God that he was not to eat bread, drink water, nor return by the same way he came. Now, after delivering the bad news, as instructed, the king invited the man of God to come home with him and refresh himself. The man of God obediently refused. After leaving the man of God, encountered another man of God, an old prophet, who invited him to come home with him and eat bread. Again, the first man of God told him that God has instructed him that he wasn't to do so. But the old prophet said, I too am a prophet, and an angel spoke to me and told me differently. But of course, he was lying. The first man of God listened to the old prophet, went home with him, and did just what God had told him not to do. To give us an example of his anger for this disobedience, God allowed the first man of God to be killed by a lion as he returned home. Hence our topic of discussion, God told me to tell you. Many times people will come to you claiming that God told them to tell you something. Yes, God can use others for confirmation and revelation, but we must use discernment. Many see this as a way the Christian life is supposed to work, that if we are really a fellowship with God, we will be able to sense Him speaking to us through an inner voice. God won't use anyone else to tell you something that is contrary to His Word or what He has already placed and confirmed in your heart. Many of God's faithful long to quote-unquote get a word. Well, at least those of us in the charismatic or Pentecostal circles. Believers will flock to a conference and queue up so that a prophet can reveal or confirm God's direction to them. And just as good parents do not want to give confusing direction to their children, whom they love, of course, they also desire only the best of their children. So is God the same way. He loves us and He desires to communicate directly with us, to give direction and to be clear. Sadly, so many people whose lives, marriages or ministries have been shipwrecked because they acted upon a firm contention that God had led them down a particular path. They did not seek counsel or confirmation, and the results were devastating. They believed firmly, but they were firmly wrong. So what's the problem? Has God given you a message to give to somebody else? Did it work for you? Why then tell the person, quote-unquote, God told me to tell you, and not just give the message straight up. Do you think it makes it more effective saying it comes directly from God? Well, stay tuned as Brumpen look into the notion of God told me to tell you. Don't stray or go away as we'll be back with our respondents right after this. Well, we back with our respondents online, and uh, I'll ask them to introduce them themselves. Janet Branhollis, just in a nutshell, uh, Janet, your background, where you're from, and how you're involved with the body of Christ, please. Yeah, hi, good morning. I'm from Johannesburg, and my husband and I have a ministry called Ralph Ministries, which focuses on really training people to hear the voice of God and to be effective in, in their personal walk in hearing God in the prophetic realm and other 
functions. So that's basically me in a nutshell. Our other respondent, the well-known Professor Dion Foster, all the way from Stellenbosch down in the Western Cape. Dion, just a nutshell background bio of who you are and where you're from, please. Yes, thanks, Vainant. Hi, Janet. Hi, Vainant. So Dion Foster, and uh, I teach at the University of Stellenbosch. And uh, my my special areas of focus are uh, the New Testament and ethics and public theology. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. How do we react when somebody says, God, tell me to tell you? Aren't you challenging that individual's assertion that uh, they truly heard from God? What should I do next? Janet, where, where, where do we start with this? Where do we go with this? Um, yeah, this is really a big problem in the body of Christ. And I do personally have a problem with that because um, the Bible says that each man and woman can hear God for themselves, okay? And yes, God does give us confirmation um, through other people, but, you know, under the New Testament, Jesus claimed that the veil of the temple was rent into that we could enter into the Holy of Holies and we could hear God for ourselves. So in extreme cases, yes, particularly... um where there might be a lot of confusion, there might be us extenuating circumstances. I do believe that um, others can hear God um, for, you know, I can hear God for um, my neighbor. But I think that should come um, from the the point where um, my neighbor would ask me, well, what is God saying about this? Or what is God telling you about this? It should, um, you know, when I... If I tell somebody, well, God told me to tell you this, I'm overriding their ability to hear God for themselves. And that's what Jesus came to do. He came to give us um, that ability through the Holy Spirit to hear God for ourselves. Janet, but wouldn't I be challenging that individual's assertion that they've actually heard from God? Yes, yes, you would. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, this kind of thing really breeds confusion and breeds a a lot of um, things also in the body of Christ because um, I've seen many times folks will say, well, I've heard God for you in this area. But then what is the fruit of that? Yeah. You know, and the scripture says we have to really look at and um, judge everything by its fruit. And, and we don't just look at fruit in terms of today, we look at fruit long term. And yeah. um, what is this produced over a period of time? Dion, how would you answer somebody if, if that individual says, God told me to tell you? How would you respond? Yeah, so, um, Vainant, let's quickly separate it into the two individuals involved, uh, the person who is receiving the message from the other person. Um, I think as Christians, we should be, we should be humble. Uh, we should recognize that certainly there are, are many, many instances in the scriptures where individuals received words of knowledge, uh, prophetic counsel, uh, wisdom and insight from other persons. So we, we need to be open to the fact that certainly in the Hebrew Scriptures, in the Tanakh, in the New Testament, uh, I mean, this is a very common way in which God operates, and we need to be open to that. Um, I think sometimes we, we, we live in our brokenness, and because we've been hurt, because we've seen that others can manipulate prophecy, they can place God on their side, uh, we tend to prejudge it. We tend to say, well, I'm not going to listen to that because it can't be good. Uh, so th- that's the first thing I'd say is let's be humble. 
Let's recognize God does speak in this way. Let's do that. But I would also say let's be incredibly discerning. Um, the one thing that we do know about any form of prophecy is that it must be tested um, and that it must be it must be confirmed. It must be confirmed. And so, you know, even when we receive a word from someone else, uh, we can hold it lightly. We can say, okay, thank you very much. Uh, I, I, I received that and I'm going to dwell on it. I'll ask for confirmation. We don't have to take it as strongly as if it was directly revealed to us uh, by God through the Holy Spirit. So that's the, the receiving person. Now, the person who brings the word, the person who brings the prophecy to the other, that person has an equally important responsibility because, as I say, God does speak in this way. There are many instances of this. But this seems to be sort of an extraordinary means, as Janet rightly said. You know, in, certainly in the New Testament, uh, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit after Acts chapter 2, the regular way in which God speaks to God's people is directly. You know, we don't need mediators, as, as was required in, in uh, the time before the outpouring of, of the Holy Spirit promised in Joel and, and recognized in Acts chapter 2. So if the Lord gives you a word for someone else, um, I think you have a, a tremendous responsibility upon yourself to test that, to really be pure before the Lord and say, Lord, I don't want to mishear you here. I don't want my own prejudices or my own socialization or my own reading of situations to, to cloud what you may be wanting to say. So, so you really should be going before the Lord saying, Lord, please, would you, would you give me great discernment? Would you, would you confirm this for me in Scripture? Would you make it so clear that when I'm able to speak this word to this person and share it with them, I'll do it in love, I'll also do it in humility, and I'll do it recognizing, Lord, that I've, I've really done all righteousness on, on my side. So I think, like, you know, Janet, I, I'm, I'm a little bit cautious when this happens. I've had many people bring me words over the years. And right now I can often tell when it's not, when it's not an entirely true word or, or sometimes a completely untrue word. Because I can tell people are trying to flatter me. Oh, Dion, the Lord has shown me that he wants to prosper you and bless you and that you are so good. And I immediately know that's not true because I know myself and my relationship with the yeah. Lord. And I have to immediately say, I'm sorry, my sister. I'm sorry, my brother. Um, let's get real, man. If the Lord's given you an admonition or something I need to fix, let's talk about that. But I don't need to be flattered. Janet, I want to bring you in here because it's been said that most who use and abuse the phrase, God told me to tell you, regularly, often have an ulterior motive. Uh, any truth in that? Yes, I would um, definitely agree with that. Yes, it can be very, very manipulative um, for one's own personal gain and one's own personal um, um, purposes, in a sense. And, and that truly um, shows that it's not a true word from God, because... You know, when God speaks, He speaks to uplift, He speaks to bold, and that's the nature of prophecy, to strengthen, to edify, to encourage. So if God tells me to tell you the purpose of of the message should be to strengthen and and establish one in their relationship with God, Mm. there should be no ulterior motive 
on and behalf of the one that is giving the word yeah. and turns to food from God. Yeah, Dion, the scripture that we've mentioned, 1 Kings 13, about the, the two men of God, the one prophet lying to the other one, the Bible doesn't say what his ulterior motives uh, is, but why he lied, but uh, do you think people who, who love to say, God told me to tell you, ulterior motives, you agree with that? Yes or no? Yeah, I think sometimes that is the truth. I mean, I think, um, you know, I, I tend to have a, a, a sort of um, positive outlook on, on people. And perhaps it's because I haven't personally been wounded or, or shamed uh, by this kind of activity. But I, I tend to try and be trusting and, and say, you know, that, that in, in general, if someone comes to me with, with a word, even sometimes when it's a tough word, I, I think they've got my best interest at heart. I know at least they've been thinking about me and praying for me, perhaps, and the Lord's given them, you know, a, a word or a passage from Scripture to share with me. And and so I think that sometimes there is manipulation involved. I've worked with, as you know, very prominent uh, Christian leaders over the years and seen how people have tried to get close to them for influence or recognition or particularly with Christian business people to gain access to their, their finances. And that, that is very, very unfortunate. I mean, that is a very, very unfortunate thing. But my sense is, Vainant, that, that that is the exception rather than the norm if you're in a close, trusting community. I, I'm always discerning. Who is this that's coming to speak to me? Do I have relations? Do I know this person to be a woman or a woman? Yeah, so I always look at, at who it is that's coming to me because, um, you know, if, it, if it's someone that I'm in relationship with, we're in the same Christian community, in a church or a cell group, and I, I can see the fruit of the Spirit in them. I know them to be someone who's a person of prayer, who's steeped in the Scriptures, who's, who's connected with God, connected with me. Then I'm, I'm, I tend to be more open to hearing what they say. But if it's someone who just comes out of the blue, a WhatsApp message, a text message, a, an email, I'm going to be very discerning and cautious about that because uh, I have to ask myself the question, you know, where does this come from? What does this person know about, you know, me? What what don't I know about them? So I, I would tend to be a little a little cautious in that regard. Janet, we always take it that if somebody says God uh, told me to tell you uh, that it's a prophetic word, the, the purpose to edify, to exhort, to comfort. But if you look at the Old Testament prophets, uh, 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 it's, it's always doom and gloom when they spoke to Israel to try and correct them, bring them back to the straight and narrow path. Where is it changed from the Old Testament prophecies to the so-called new understanding of New Testament prophecy uh, to edify, to exhort, to comfort? What is your understanding? Um, yes, it definitely has changed because um, remember that the Old Testament prophets, they were the voice of God. They, um, you know, and obviously if they missed it, they were stoned. So the responsibility um, on the Old Testament prophet was, um, in a sense, much higher because they were under the law and they were the voice of God. And um, under the New Testament, we were under the age of grace. And so I believe that God does give us grace in this um, era, this New Testament um, era that we're living in. Um, there is room for mistakes. Yes, very, very definitely. There's room for mistakes, but um, we have to concentrate on, on blessing and building and leave it to the prophets, the, the, um, the fivefold Ephesians 4 giftings, um, to prophesy direction, to prophesy 
the future councils of God. Because you see, under the Old Testament, only the prophet could prophesy. Under the New Testament, we can all hear God. We can all have a word of knowledge. We can all flow in the gifts of the Spirit. But not all are called to be prophets. So there's a completely different dimension in the new testament. All right. Dion, once somebody has, has, has prophesied into my life, use the words God told me to tell you. Uh, you're very clear on it. We, we need to discern. We need to check. We need to make sure. But, but, but what would the time frame be? Obviously, we need to check for fruit of, of that word. And how long? If we look at scripture, some guys had to wait a lifetime. How do I check it? How do I discern? How do I know that it in, indeed is God that has spoken through this individual? Yeah, so the first thing that I would say, Vainant, you know, uh, for, for Christians, we have to return to the scriptures. So immediately to say, let me immerse myself in, in a study of the scriptures. Let me be faithful in my prayer. Let me evaluate my life before God and say, Lord, I want to be pure and holy and open to hearing what you've got to say and, and get into the scriptures. So, so that will take some time. Second thing that I'd say that's important is, you know, all of us should know someone like the kind of person that Janet is, is, is talking about. Persons who clearly display the gifts of the spirits, people who, who bear a prophetic gift, people who we, we have seen in trusted and tried ways over seasons, being able to say, this is what we we hear the Lord saying, this is what we see the Lord doing. Those kinds of persons, you know, one can often turn to them to say, you know, someone has given me this word. I need to test it. I, I need to be sure that this is right. Um, can you please pray with me, discern with me, listen with me for, for what this, the, the Lord is doing? Third thing I want to also just say is, Vainant, if if you find that what the person is saying is particularly uncomfortable, Sit with it a little bit longer, you know. We live in an age where, where we try to avoid discomfort and pain. Our, 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 you know, we have this sort of hedonistic view of life, that, you know, this prosperity view that God only wants to bless us and that somehow God is a, a combination of a, a stockbroker and, a, and a, a therapist. When in actual fact, what the Lord is wanting to do is purify us and make us holy, give us the same character as that of Jesus. And if something feels a little bit uncomfortable, don't immediately dismiss it. Go to someone who you trust. Say to them, "My goodness, this shocked me. It came out of nowhere." Uh, but but I want to be I want to be open. I want to listen for it. Yeah. But I also just want to say, be be very very careful that you don't immediately take everything to heart, because as we've said, there are persons who perhaps are not as scrupulous or may have an ulterior motive. So one needs to maintain that sort of distance, that tension to say, "I'm open to this." But until it's confirmed, until God confirms it for me, I, I have to hold it with, yeah. with a little bit of t- distance. Janet, should I use the phrase, God told me to tell you? Would you advise people to just give the message straight up? Or, or, or do people think it makes it more effective saying it comes directly from God? What would your advice be? Um, yeah, I think people do think it makes it more effective. It gives them some kind of authority. Yeah. And, you know, that if I go to you and say, well, God told me to tell you this. Um, but I don't feel that we should use those words. We should perhaps um, put it in such a way, I have this scripture on my heart for you, or I feel that um, God could be saying this to you, but this is what we're seven this needs confirmation. And therefore, um, I would ask you, as the one who's receiving it today, 
to pray over this word and to hear it working for yourself. And um, because um, we, that's, that's the whole thing about the New Testament. We can hear directly from God for mm. ourselves. Yeah. And so, yes, um, if this word does come, then it needs to be delivered in such a way in the package that it um, leaves the responsibility on the hearer to receive confirmation that this definitely is God. Dion, a very difficult question perhaps, but could it be that the demonic realm is also the author of some of these plans and that it's not from God? Seeing if we're looking at 1 Kings 13, 14 to 18, that so-called prophet that lied to the other guy cost him his life. Could it be that the demonic realm also has a finger in the pie? But there's no doubt, Raynant, that um, you know, the, the plan of the evil one is to see God's children failing, embarrassed, uh, losing confidence, you know, losing, you know, uh, the sort of uh, public recognition that they need for their ministry. That's, there's no doubt in that. So, so we do have to be incredibly discerning. You know, the, the higher your profile, I'm thinking, for example, about my friend Graham Power that I worked with for many years. I mean, he had a group of, of intercessors who interceded for him and his family, who, who offered him wise counsel, who journeyed with him. Because the chances of, you know, someone bringing him something which is untrue, someone misleading him, someone playing on his weaker nature, flattering, whatever it may be, is so high and the stakes are so high. So, so my sense would be, you know, let's, let's make sure that we surround ourselves with godly people who have proven themselves to be trustworthy and that we can go to and, and say, you know, uh, pray for me, pray with me listen with me, search the scriptures with me, um, ask God to show you, you know, and, but, but please, if, if, if anything else should come up, you know, also bring that across me. So tr- I think this issue of, of knowing some trusted people who are sort of vetted and verified to be uh, persons who can be trusted is a very important aspect. Janet, time has caught up with us. Your final message to the giver of that message, to the receiver of that message. You've got years of experience. In closing, what advice can you give to our listeners this morning? Keeping in mind our topic of discussion, God told me to tell you. Well, to the receiver, I would say that we have to cultivate the voice of God for ourselves. And this takes time to hear God's voice. It takes time in the pre-closes. It takes time even with fasting. And this is developed over years. To the giver, I would really say that um, one needs to be very careful. One needs to um, be very wise because there's the human aspect. And um, I would rather say um, package it in such a way that I've, I have a message for you this morning, but please, you wait on God and you receive confirmation. And I would say to the giver, don't stop developing um, the prophetic flow. Don't stop developing the gift in you because God has given you that um, responsibility and that ability to be a spokesman for him. But um, one needs to discern the condition of the heart and in what spirit are you delivering the word and in what, what is the motive. Yeah. Thanks, Janet. Dion, can you put our conversation to bed, please? Your final advice to our listeners this morning. I think Janet summed it up perfectly. And, and Vainant, the only thing I'd add is, you know, they're, they're wonderful. Uh, one, there's wonderful advice in the scriptures. Romans 15, verse 14, 
Colossians 3 verse 16, they all seem to say the same thing. If you are the giver of this kind of message, make sure that you are steeped in the scriptures, that your own life is, is holy, pure, and blameless, and that whatever you do, you do in love. Well, the scripture says in John ten twenty seven, God is very able to make his will known to us. If we seek it, his sheep hears his voice and recognize it and follow him. Thank you so much to our respondents this morning, Janet Bran-Hollis from Ruach Ministries. Janet, thank you so much for taking part in the program. And also to Professor Dion Foster from Stellenbosch University. Dion, thank you so much for chatting to us this morning. Thanks, friend. God bless you.